Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport, the record book. Hello everybody and welcome to uh, the Game Day Record Book Podcast with me, Danny Kelly. You know the drill. I'm supposed to be compiling some kind of physical book of everything that's happened this season. Illustrated um, and with hand drawings and photographs. None of that seems to be happening, but we are still providing you week by week with um, a record of everything that's happened in the Premier League and beyond over the weekends as they go by. I'm delighted to say, really top-class team in the studio today. Uh, Tom Rennie, who uh, so often helps us out here, is with us. Hi, Tom. You're very chipper today, I've noticed. Did oh. Arsenal lose and, and Tottenham win? Is it that what happened? It wasn't the hello, everybody. Oh. That was just Dr Nick from The Simpsons. <laughs> I thought I'd start straight, oh. get straight in with Dr Nick from The Simpsons. Very good. Alongside Tom, I'm delighted to say, we're a familiar voice, a familiar um words as well in newspapers and magazines but these days the coach of Ostersunds in Sweden uh, of course former Aberdeen Sunderland and others goalkeeper delighted to be in the presence of David Priestkin how are you David I'm delighted to be here good man good man indeed we'll try and keep off Sunderland if we can please um, for, for fear of causing you too much pain let's keep things cheery if we can do well, and that's why I think we're exactly right I didn't know Sunderland still existed that's great to know playing well, football well, the as town well. or the football team both Football team you know in, where we live now, they're it's 2019. in danger now of being one of those teams that gets trapped in a division, aren't they? Yeah. We, we don't and even win the first back with a vote on a, a election night. You're not even a good no. lead. No. That's right. You, that, that was, by Newcastle. Who, is that, who won it now? Newcastle were the fastest. Yeah. No wonder you moved to Sweden. Well, I mean, it's, we'll move on. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll try to make a space for Sunday before the end of the show. Saka is ready to come on. They've kicked the ball off to make the change didn't make the change and we're happy to play on with 10 men against Manchester City. Their goal is as much about De Bruyne's brilliance as Arsenal's incompetence. 3-0. You're absolutely right. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, something we need to d- discuss. Uh, things like that. Um, the fans were not happy when he walked off either, so something we need to talk about. Raises his right arm in the air and whips it towards the back post. The keeper comes out. It's gone and in off Lindelof at Everton. Have the lead here at Old Trafford, a fluke of a goal, but it's Lindelof who scores the OG. We started off quite chipper, so why don't we begin the actual uh, stuff with the worst performance of the week. Um, David, you're, you're, the, you're, you're our special guest, why don't, uh, why don't you uh, try here? Well, I'm going to stick to my usual narrative of goalkeeper, so I'll, um, I'm going to go with David De Gea. Now, it's not particularly because of his performance against, uh, against Everton. Hmm. Uh, per se, but a mistake that led to the goal. I believe it was a mistake. A lot of people thought it was a, uh, as a free kick when Calvin Lew- uh, Calvert Lewin came across him. When he got punched in the face, you think yeah, that was a free it, kick? Well, it, 
You when can't, guy, but you, you can't, can't believe that, that guy, was a foul, When Tom. that guy ran at the goalkeeper and basically assaulted him. I think it probably was he, uh, a foul. Well, he ta- okay, he, we'll take a vote on that. No, it wasn't. Well, you must be running VAR because you've got no idea what you're talking about. Well, I don't think that was a foul. I just think that was the the, the meekest. Anyway, he it is... jumped into him. He is a very large man, a professional goalkeeper, under normal circumstances. Hey. This, is why, this is what I would expect, given the position he started with. David will help me with this. I would expect the oncoming forward to be outside the six-shard area by the time I finish with him and the ball to be on the halfway line. Look, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is the man that jumped into him. We know he's got rock-hard abs. He's basically the Dwayne Johnson of English football. We will hear about According his... to his stick Instagram on slash Twitter page. Well, I'm, I'm going to blame... Uh... David De Gea's manager for this, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, because a few weeks ago, I remember when there was some Swedes hate the Norwegians. That's what we're learning here. Yeah, there, there was a bit of that. But he said he, he was quoted saying, "This isn't basketball; it's football. It's a man's game." Yeah. Now, the way that David De Gea went to tip that ball away as if he was going for a tip off for a, uh, in a basketball match, mm. and he must have known that he'd been here long enough. He looked like he just arrived in uh, when he arrived from Spain yes. in the first place. He looked very timid, didn't go with any commitment, wasn't aggressive at all, and uh, and he got what he deserved. And Tom, this isn't about you, but you know, the the final proof that it wasn't a foul was he didn't even appeal for a no. foul because he knew it wasn't a foul. He didn't appeal because he's been in the Premier League for 10 years and he knows that that is given as a foul nine times out of 10. Almost every time you see that, that is given. And he thought, I'm going to get... He was so blasé about it, he thought he was going to get a free kick for it. What about There's no his, need to appeal for the obvious. And his other 10 teammates, they didn't bother either? There's no need to appeal for the obvious. Okay. And also, we're meant to be living in a VAR world where decisions get right. And, and I think that's definitely happening. And, and the thing that's You name one wrong decision... Actually, no. The, the thing that's done that for me, though, it's, like I said, it's not the mistake itself. We all make mistakes. I've done plenty of them in the past myself. But he's doubled down on it. He's tweeted a picture of yeah. the incident himself where it's a, it's a still of the incident. The arms across him. And it is okay. It looks bad in the picture. But why do that? In, the, in the language of uh, many, many ITV series which uh, feature mock Cockneys, he's, he's mugged himself right off there, right hasn't off. he? Yeah, sorry, you're a West Ham fan. You probably... I actually am from East London as well. Yeah, I could yeah. have done that for you in my natural accent. <laughs> oh, very, very I wouldn't good. have gone Dick Van Dyke on it. No, no, of course not. No, no, not like you did. I kind of want to hear David Priest's top ten mistakes. That's really what I want to hear. <sighs> Life or football? That's that's the real show. Well, that, that's the edited version. <laughs> um, I know, I know, you're, you're a worst performance of the week. I really want to hear it, but I just, I just want to throw this in. Um, the officials um, who made—I mean, I didn't—I didn't know whether to put Danny Ings as my hero of the week for keeping going under tremendous provocation. But in fact, the worst performance of the week was the officiating crew, if I might use an Americanism, who saw that Danny Ings, bless him, did everything um, to try and get a goal for Southampton. Now, it's not bad enough that he hit the post and uh, in a normal one. He then, well, you can help me with the actual yeah. the order of these so things. So the first one is the left-footed volley, which hits the crossbar, and again... How often does that hit the crossbar and go in? Or often go off the back side of the goalkeeper. Exactly. It's yeah. a brilliant, superb, technical effort that should have gone in. And then Shane Long, you know, who's, who's a dreadful, dreadful finisher, <laughs> he's got an open goal to aim for and he didn't know what he was doing and it hits the side but, net. But that's not Danny Ings' fault. No, goal. but he could no. have helped Danny Ings yes. in, in converting the opportunity. He'd have got some kind of in, inadvertent assist, yes. Moments later, um, he's played down the right channel, one-on-one with the goalkeeper, Offside flag goes up, so David Martin, the goalkeeper, doesn't really dive for it. Ogbonna stops running for it. Uh, he's onside by a mile. Yes, as it turns uh, and out. And so if it had gone in, uh, then it would have counted, but he hit the post. Then, and then he, the then, worst one. Well, then he gets uh, the ball on the right-hand corner as he's looking at, left-hand corner as he's looking at the penalty area. 
cuts across the into the inside onto the inside of his right foot. It releases a shot that Roberto Carlos was probably going, "Wow, did you see that?" Um, and it rockets into the into the goal past David Martin, and it's then disallowed for some kind of phantom. I didn't see an offence. There's no even foul. There is no foul. Name and shame these officials. These officials must be known. Well, Martin Atkinson was the main one. Mm, well, he was and, already. And you've sent me a message with all the shame. others, and I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> Haven't you? Uh, do you want me to read them for yeah, you? Yeah, why don't you do that? I'll read them for you because these guys need naming. Yes. Assistant referee, Lee Betts. No. No. Dan Cook, or other assistant referee. Don't Oi, know Andy Cook, was that. No. no. Fourth official, Rob Jones, former Liverpool fullback. Could be. Yeah. No. no. VAR, big fat John Moss. No. no. No, 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 no. An assistant VAR, Andrew Halliday. No. No. Oh, no. Danny Ings could have had. Uh, a hat trick. I mean, uh, admittedly, you know, it was a, it was basically a hat trick. Yes, uh, I'm not I'm not sure Southampton were very good except for Danny, and maybe they no. deserved to win that game. They did, but that was a that was a, a really poor performance by the officials, and they they robbed a, a, a football that I keep mentioning could be one of those years where someone's going to get 20 goals and go down. Yeah, um, you know, Mitrovic style. Um, but there you are. But yours is yours is more topical. Your worst yeah, performance of the week. Uh, it's an appropriate topical gag. Um, my worst performance this week goes to Jeremy Corbyn. Um, Full stop. Over. Yes. Well it's done. done. <laughs> I tell you for why and why is it football related? Well, in midweek his Reds were beaten by a blonde bombshell known for deception. On Sunday his Reds were beaten by a man who's deceptively good at football and also blonde in Kevin De Bruyne. And, mo- and like most Arsenal fans, Jeremy Corbyn also didn't start life as an Arsenal fan, no. who chose them. Um, and so he deserves our ire for that reason. Um, it leads us to Arsenal. Isn't just Jeremy Corbyn is an awful week. Arsenal Football Club this week. Every single performance. I was at the game on Monday. I'm staggered to this moment how they beat West Ham United. Because it struck it me that so bad. when West Ham were ahead, you, you'd think, now if this, was, if this was a kind of all-in wrestling match, one of them's on the floor with their nose broken and the other one has got their foot on the throat of the poor fella or lady because, you know, Bristney's all-inclusive these days. Um, and I thought, there's no way in, in God's green earth no. that Arsenal are getting back into this game. But you're a West Ham fan. What happened? West Ham are the only team that could have lost that game to Arsenal on Monday because they don't press uh, the opposition. And the amount of times they spat the ball back to West Ham in desperate need of, uh, of conceding a goal... And for some reason, West Ham were incapable of doing it. Probably didn't have a second Tell striker. Tell your dad. Uh, so my dad and I went. We don't get to go at too many games together because I work at the football, so we don't get the chance. Monday night football, Top we go. Top to go with your dad to we've the had football, a, We've had a nice dinner. We've got and met some of the old crowd down the pub. Had a lovely day. Uh, my dad's in his early 60s, so if we go at the pub before Andy misses about 40 minutes of the game due to bladder control issues. I think um, I can confirm that, yeah. Yes. Uh, what, you know where my dad wees? That's concerning. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, you're always when did you meet him? In no, you, the urinal. No, you've got that camera in your heart. Your oh, that's home, what it is. Yeah. And I give you the password. Yeah. It's a whole thing. I don't know why you asked for it. Um, anyway, um, 60th minute, we're having a conversation as you do at the game. And we're like, you know what? There's no way they score a goal here. This Arsenal team are worse than us. These two are being the bottom six. It's appalling. He goes to the lavatory in the 60th minute, comes back in the 66th. And he's like, are we still beating them? What's going on? I was like, Dad, they're beating us 2-1. And there's big screens at London Stadium. My dad's not wearing any specs. And he's also had about 11 pints of mild. And so we're not going to be able to... I'm not, I can't, he can't see it. And so he's like, you've got to be joking. And they score again. And that's when people start walking Hold out. On. He's drinking mild. You're talking about, you must be talking about your great-great-granddad, not Ooh, your actual no, dad. Pint, pint, of mild. Mild. pint of mild's good for anybody. 
at any age. I didn't even know if it existed. I still didn't. I thought it was like Sunderland Football Club had gone the way of it's, all it's things. It's a bit like my, my, dad, my dad's had pubs all my life. I've lived in lived in them for thirty years. N- you must have never, a pint. never heard of a mile. You no. never had a pint of miles. No. Oh, come on. When I Treat was growing up, a long, long time ago, hence the bladder problems. Um, people used to drink mild and bitter, a filthy mixture of things put together in a pint glass. Still mild. I'm if you walk down the wrong street in Sin City, you can find anything. That's where I like to live. And I know where you find a nice pint of mild in the Stratford area. That's just an excuse for people getting the dregs out of other people's drinks to just pour more. It's also a pound, yeah. It's also (laughs) a pound. And everyone's extremely ill afterwards. Anyway, uh, I can tell you that basically the third went in. It was 3-1. People started leaving. And Dad started saying, why is everyone leaving? It's only 1-1. We can still win this. And everyone was like, seriously, it's 3-1. Shut up, mate. Anyway, they were awful that day. Arsenal, they were rubbish against Adelaide. And on Sunday, the performance was so inept and pathetic against Manchester City. And people will say, no, but Manchester City, they're the greatest side in the country. They're the Premier League champions. No, I'm sorry. City, though good, were up against a side in the second half that were 3-0 down. They knew they were 3-0 down at half-time on what was offered in that second half. It was so pathetic that Freddie Lundberg brought on the youth team so the booze wouldn't be so bad. And a friend of mine was at the game that was and he said the guy next well. to him throwing kids was just playing that. Pokemon all game because no one was watching it. Essen- playing the kids. Essentially, Manchester City were grinding Arsenal's team up yeah. um, like so much wood chip. You don't fry the, fire the kids into the machine. Send on the senior process. Try and see this out for us, will you? Lacazette remains on the bench. Smith-Rowe and Will it come on? Unbelievable. And also, a quick line on Meza Urzu as well. So we saw Granite Xhaka getting booed off a few weeks ago and a, a young Premier League debutant was coming on for the first time for Arsenal. This week, exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing this week. I'm being told not to rage about this anymore. Let me just tell you, Sorry, Arsenal thought, were the worst team of the week. We haven't got time. I mean, you, you've, you've set off one of my favourite tributaries. Should goals that you don't see if you're at the game, should they stand? <laughs> uh, because, you know, I, 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 your dad was right. Yeah. He only saw 1-1. One, one. We'll, do, we'll do this another week because I'm really convinced that you should be allowed to disallow goals that you don't actually see. What's the best goal you've ever missed? T- to be fair, I've, I've played in many games where I've not seen much of the goals. <laughs> yeah, they're blurring past you, David. It's usually because we've had too much mild to drink. Here's our worst performances of the week. David De Gea, Jeremy Corbyn and Arsenal, or Martin Atkinson and his fellow officials ruining the life of the, the lovely Danny Ings. David, do you still want to stick with David De Gea, or have you been convinced? Uh, I can't. I can't go against um, Arsenal, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, to be it, fair. that, that defence—it's like um, the, the transfer policy, recruitment policy has just been buying uh, mannequins, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Nicolas Pepe, seventy-two million pounds. I mean, he looked good when he was up against a League One defender in Arthur, Arthur Masuaku, but apart from that, he's that's done just nothing. another excuse to have a go at Masuaku, isn't it? Ugh. Another one that should be getting his P45. Listen, if the, if the, if the bit two, like Jeremy Corbyn, eh? Yeah, look, and what, far be it from me, I don't want to appear biased, so I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go along with the pair of you. It is Jeremy Corbyn and Arsenal are the worst performance of the week. Do you think Arsenal at any stage won the argument? De Bruyne turns away from Guendouzi. Kevin De Bruyne! Ah! 3-0 to Manchester City. Kevin De Bruyne's masterclass continues. A left-footed drive into the bottom corner. Goodness, Bournemouth so close to a goal there. Billing was the man on the line. There's an offside call, I think, against Gosling. He's got the ball into the back of the net, Dan Gosling. And the goal stands, Dan Gosling! What a moment here at Stamford Bridge. Okay, what about something more positive then? Let's uh, do performance of the week. Um, Why don't you start this time, Tom? 
Well, as vitriolic as I feel about Arsenal Football Club and their horrendous, embarrassing, disgraceful performance, did you see Freddie Lundberg laughing at the end? Shaking hands with Pep Guardiola, just laughing it. Oh, it's great to be here. It's in old, his, wasn't it? In his divorced the dad manager chic. who just handed his, had various parts of his uh, appendages sent, handed to him was laughing. Guardiola just won three 0 away from looks home. Barely raise a smile, could he? He looks livid because he's unhappy to uh, to be there. He doesn't want to be there anymore. We all know that. He's we got, all know the facts of it. He's got this break in his contract coming up as well. Well, which he has denied vociferously, and in the era we live in, that confirms that to be true. Anyway, my performance of the week. Um, it isn't Man City in general. It is their midfield general, Kevin De Bruyne. The man is pure, unfiltered, premium class. He's like a pint of mild down the local <laughs> pub in Stratford. Um, and the thing is with him, right, football for him is just so easy. It is just so easy for him. That goal he scores, the first goal, now bearing in mind it's 90 seconds into this match, he doesn't usually play attacking right-hand side where he was at the start of the game. The ball comes to him at pace, on the bounce, and without breaking stride, he side-foots that ball into the net, past the goalkeeper and defender, clips the crossbar, and everything is just so smooth. It's like when you watch Inside the Factory, and they're making like little chocolate caramels, and the caramel plops out from like a little caramel gun, perfectly weighted into the, uh, into the cup of chocolate before the lid goes on and is sold. That's something I watched this week. It's perfect, it sounds like it's delicate. It's a little fetish, yeah. <laughs> but have you, ever, have you ever watched the Inside the Factory for Quality Street? Other chocolates are available, but not as good at Christmas. Um, it's exactly like... Which one gets left in the bottom of your family pile of... No pro- one eats praline, do they? No Which one eats that. What? Praline? No yeah, one eats that. of course they do. Do yeah. you? The yeah. little green triangles. Oh, my brother would kill for those. My really? brother Andrew, if you're listening, Andy, and we'll get loads for Christmas, don't worry. Did he lose his taste buds in some no, kind of incident? No, he likes them. Do you know you can get ones now where you just decide what you want in the box with your See, name on the front? I think that's a disgrace. So I've had a, I've had a, a, ju- I've had a, a big, it's ruining Christmas now, but I've had a load of Rennie streets made for my entire family. Right. And it's just strawberry creams. But they're the ones that I find disgusting. No! Yeah. Well, do, that's do Christmas ruined for you. Yeah. Do they chocolate, do coconut? Chocolate covered ointment nobody do wants. Coconut? There is the purple one used, to, used be to be coconut. Do coconut. Yeah. I'm but, not a big uh, fan. You're, you're not a big fan. Why would you ask? Why would you ask if they did coconut? <laughs> did they do it? Yeah, no, so I don't Strawberry like creams. Did you know the, 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 the advent of how they came, no pun intended, how they came about? No. There was an ointment. Um, for minor cuts and bruises called germaline. Oh, I use germaline. And, and germaline yeah, went yeah, out sure. of business. They thought, we're going to do they all this pink exist, stuff. germaline. They largely went out of business. We're going to do all this pink stuff. They now put it into quality street strawberry. That's, no. that's what it is. No, I'm calling full Chocolate bull on that. Chocolate covered germaline. I'm, I'm, I'm calling full bull on that I entire story. I bet you I can get a vote on it. See, he, the producer agrees. If you do cut yourself this week, don't rub a strawberry <laughs> cream on the wound. Okay, that's what I'll say, because it won't help. No, you'll die. You will t- You'll die. <laughs> Of a chocolate overdose. Anyway, he is much like can, a caramel no, squirt no, gun. Can, He's can De Bruyne, who I think is, since the departure of Eden Hazard, probably the best midfield player in the Premier League. In a fair world, can he would have got... I don't care about the Ballon d'Or because, of course, I live in England. Why yeah. would anyone care? But if there was a fair world, this guy would have won several Ballon d'Ors at this point. He's How? A, he's a, How would he won them ahead of Eden Hazard and what he did in this country? But, well, he literally did what Eden Hazard did in this country for Manchester City. Now, listen, um, what I was going to say was the only argument against this, because he's a fantastic footballer, um, is that he was playing against Arsenal. True. Very true. However, you've got to give it to him for this as well, because he should have got a hat-trick this week. Uh, but his third effort... 
He did something I love. I love it when this happens to players. He takes the shot. It's so perfect the way Roberto Carlos bends in. Leno makes an incredible save. I thought Leno was the only Arsenal player to come up with any credit. Yeah. But he's already celebrating. He's already yeah. wheeling off left. And he deserved that hat-trick. And if not a hat-trick in the Premier League is our Hero of the Week, not a or Best Performance of the Week award, not a, a suitable secondary reason to celebrate. But in my list of absolutely brilliant things in football, I've got the, yes, the shot from outside the area that bends and hits the side netting on the goalkeeper. So it doesn't even, never hits the back of the net. goes into the side netting inside the post. Right. Um, that is one of my favourite. But way above that is players celebrating prematurely yeah. oh. before the goal. That's, so that was a golden moment when he didn't get that goal and he's hat-trick. Um, my, my best performance of the week, uh, and it's actually a week that has accelerated a season that he's having. And I think we sometimes forget because we're always getting these reports, you know, but every time a player has a bad game, that's it, they're finished. Yeah. And we were being told that Jaden Sancho um, at Dortmund and, of course, England player as well, had had a poor start to the season. Well, um, poor start to the season-wise, um, he has become the first player um, in any of the big leagues in Europe to have both 10 goals and 10 assists. Now, I don't want to get American football on everybody's ass where, you know, he's got three passes well, and he's run 45 yards don't as well with the ball. Catch around here. 10 goals and 10 assists. And, of course, in the last six games, which is why I'm bringing him to the fore this weekend, um, he has got seven goals and four assists. Now, if he was doing that against Arsenal, I'd be laughing. That doesn't really count. <laughs> With all due respect, if he was doing it in one of the lesser Scandinavian leagues, perhaps might want... Oh, but want... he's done it against Union Berlin and Freiburg. You don't believe in German football now? I don't believe in Union Berlin and Freiburg. No. <laughs> David, I'm sorry you've come in. This is like private grief now, me and him arguing. No, not at all. I, I think he just, he's the type of player that you want to watch every week. Yeah. He, he, does, he, he does tricks which are not just super, superfluous. You know, they're actually getting past the player. They actually do something. There's an end product to it. And also, he's had a row with his manager as well. So he's got that sweet drama of him and Lucien Favre kind of hate each other. Yeah, but after the, I want players to have that extra bit of magic. But after the drama of leaving Man City, you know that he's... He, he, Spiky. He knows his worth, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. So the, the issue here is, I mean, clearly he is a fantastic footballer. Um, he the, the, the feeling seems to be that he will be coming back to England soon but can can come back to Manchester United having been at Manchester City why would you take a step down like that why would you go from a team that are going to be in the Champions League beat Mainz this weekend 22 games 11 goals 12 assists on par with Lionel Messi for form and go to a Premier League middling side under a a manager is not going to be there soon enough. And if he was that bothered about Manchester City, he wouldn't have left there in the first place. Yeah. No, I mentioned we're talking about Manchester United. Now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I'm saying he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't move there. Chelsea then? Yeah, he wouldn't have left Man City, would he? If he loved it so much. Chelsea. Chelsea. I can see it because they're going to spend big money because Frank Lampard, of course, is being found out massively for being a second-rate Championship manager, uh, and that's good to see. Um, oh, it's it's all Frank Lampard's kids. It's him. It's him doing fantastically with the youth team. They didn't buy anyone apart from Kovacic for sixty million and, and Pulisic for similar. Amount so, or didn't buy anyone in the window apart from more than the budgets of almost every other team in the league. You, what was you, the question? I thought, I, thought <laughs> Frank, I thought Frank Lampard was a, a former West Ham hero. <sighs> I just, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't this week because we're talking about Jaden Sancho not being as good as Kevin De Bruyne, and I agree. No, no, Jaden Sancho deserves the, the prize, but actually, David has, has gone for a performance of the week, not an individual. Ooh. No, I've gone for Bournemouth, uh, I've gone for yeah, the against good. Chelsea, yeah. Did someone uh, say Frank Lampard? Right, the thing is with Frank Lampard. <laughs> we, uh, Do you still like Frank Lampard's dad? Or, or is his oh. son so tainted him 
that Frank Senior is now off the books as well. <laughs> Why do you think Bournemouth are the performance of the week, David Priest? <laughs> Tell us. Well, apart from the fact that the Lampard family hates all of them. Frank Lampard Senior is welcome to my house anytime for dinner, for lunch, for breakfast. Take penalties. Take penalties. <laughs> Frank Lampard Junior could pick him up. Who do you think uh, Frank Lampard Junior votes for? Who do you vote for in the election? I think we all know exactly who we voted for. Is that behind your ayah? <laughs> nice you, nice you use of the word ayah as well. Yeah, now, Bournemouth. Yeah. Yes, Bournemouth. Bournemouth yes. Yes. Anyhow, um, it's not been a great time for Bournemouth. They've, uh, they went 11 games without a win, got beat off Burton in the, in the League Cup. Yeah. Uh, if, if that's a case for make sure you feel a strong side, not make too many changes, it can help you in situations like this if you win games like that. It doesn't make that, long se- uh, that run seem so long. But only one win 11... And they come to this game, and he seems to have a thing over uh, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. It's the third game in a row that they've beat them. I was there last year. I think it was 3-0 last year. Um, wasn't it Conte? Uh, no, it was the Sari's first loss at home or something like that, wasn't it? Oh, that might be 1-0 last year. I thought being Conte was at three, the 3-0 three Conte result. was the yeah, one yeah. before, yeah, yeah. Before yeah. that, yeah, exactly. And uh, he just seems to be able to set up and, and know what to do with Stamford Bridge. And yeah, but, but the, 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 the amount of injuries they had, David, suggests that he could put any 11 people who live or, or vote in Bournemouth... Onto the pitch, and they would beat Chelsea. But, but that might be the case. And I think he, even he stood up for him, uh, for his team and said that, well, OK, we've had a lot of injuries, but we still had a very good team out there. And if you look at the 11 that's on the pitch, it's still a very good 11, despite their... Uh... Well, if you can win a Premier League game with Simon Francis in your side, then I'm not too sure you can say it's a good team. Like, he's... he's... Says West he's he's Masaraku level, isn't he? Simon Francis, let's face it, championship now. God bless him and all that. But some people are clinging on to a living in this league, and most of them play for Bournemouth. That's not. That's just not fair either. Of course it is. Dan Gosling clinging on. Great goal this weekend, sure, but only because everyone thought he was offside because the flag goes up and he's the only one that remembered the rule these days. Keep on playing to the whistle. You know that rule you were told when you were three? Do it. But no one thought that's has or Kurt Zuma or anyone who plays for Chelsea or Kepa. Um, but I mean, you're forcing me to to go with David here as Bournemouth Philip Billing, Championship player, Chris Meppham, Championship player, Simon Francis, Championship player, Dan Gosling, Championship player, Dominic Solanke, not even a footballer. I mean, and that's why it should be performance of the week. Going to Stamford Bridge and winning. And he's right. He's absolutely right. But my point was also right. We're all right here. That's the important thing. But and David still lost turns the argument. out is more right than others, and Bournemouth are indeed our performance of the week. Sorry, Kevin De Bruyne and Jaden Sancho. 
With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Fresh legs, really, to be honest with you. Um, I had three or four strikers on the bench. I wanted to make another change. And unfortunately, he was a, he was a kid that come back off. It was a big call. But um, I thought we might come in and run around as well, to be fair. Here they come forward again with Antonio breaking challenges and scoring! Mikel Antonio makes it 2-0 for West Ham United. It's hammer time! They lead 2-0. Oh, is it? I think it might be pulled back for a handball. Oh, no, wait. I think it was a handball. Uh, listen, it's a really tough it's goal. It's no goal. It's yeah. no goal. No way in a million years. David Priest still carrying around the rather heavyweight title of coach of Ostersons. Does that come with a uniform at all? It comes with a tracksuit, yeah, it does. Yeah, does it have epaulets? Because when you're a big wig like coach, I would I would demand epaulets if I was uh, if I was a coach. What with like stars on? Uh, stars yeah, or those uh, those fringes that hang down off the epaulet. <laughs> I really, really Marie would. The Armin. Janet Jackson had a full <laughs> Soviet um, submarine commander's uniform and the big hat and everything, and she has no military standing. So once she had that, I'm, wait, she doesn't run. She doesn't run the <laughs> Russian Soviet. Submarine. No, she doesn't. No, but she, but she had the uniform. I couldn't even so, finish that. <laughs> that, that that's be... what I want now: is epaulets and a big hat. That would be a great double bluff. That if she's working for the Russians all yeah. along. Yeah, all yeah. along she was a Russian in plain sight. Do you what, ever what do? Was never explained to me. Excuse me. You know that massive hat she had, which obviously a Russian submarine commander's hat. I don't know this hat. Oh my God! She Describe had a white, this hat to me. Massive white peaked hat. Um, and she had a, a, a suit of clothes, very like David Gold's. You know that big coat he wears yeah, as well? Yeah. Or is it Sullivan? No, Sullivan. And Sullivan's not in the Russian military. He is. He looks like he is. But what was never explained to me, and this is why it may be a double bluff, is if your hat is that big, how do you look through the periscope? Because we see in films, you just spin it round, right? And uh, But the back of it was huge as well. It looked like she could shelter several animals underneath I the brim of that hat. hat. Now we should we get will. these hats as like uniform for the producer. Program. Can you produce on your phone, please, Janet Jackson's big hat, I and we'll have a look it. at it. Can I ask David a question about his uh, his wardrobe, Ostersons? Because Stuart Pearce, who works here, and we all love him, I've seen him at a lot of games now, and he only exclusively wears clothes that he got from clubs that he worked at. So he's still wearing his West Ham big coat, irrespective of whether he goes to a game. He might go to Millwall. He's going to wear his West Ham big coat, and who's going to tell him otherwise? Do you wear your, like, Ostersons clothes around the street? Have you brought them back to England with you? Do you wear any of the stuff you got for free from being a footballer? Because, of course, you get your leisure wear without having to pay for it. I do. Well, most of the time I, I, do, I get changed out of it as I'm leaving the stadium, but we all have, uh, like, rucksacks on, the, on our back with our initials on. In the bag, like you're in going the to school? Badge, yeah, exactly. Because you're, yeah. like, 40, so right? You can't have that. So when I'm walking around town, yeah. Do you have your name in your underwear? Have you seen my underwear? Have you seen my underwear? Uh, he has a camera in your house. That's <laughs> like he's got in my dad's. But, but this is the thing, though. For for the best part of 30, 35 years, all I've worn is tracksuits and uh, sportswear, and I absolutely can't stand it. Really? I can't stand tracksuits. See, now, this business about them getting footballers, getting free gear, we'll, we'll get back to the show in a second. I've got the opposite thing coming now. As you know, listeners, regular listeners will know, I recently emigrated to live in the Republic of Ireland, out in the country, and we have got a reasonable-sized field behind the house. It's on a slope, and I want to walk around and around the field, for A, for exercise, and B, for the view, and all the rest of it. Now, this is my excuse to buy a pair of Puma Kings. Oh, Because yeah. when I was playing football in Hackney Marshes, I could not afford Puma Kings, and they looked to me like the absolute 
zenith of oh. not just football boots, but human achievement to date. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now I'm trying to persuade, Christmas is coming, the lady wife to buy me, look at the shape of me and the age of me, a pair of Puma Kings. They're over 140 quid for the... They're 140 They pounds. really are incredibly You're expensive. Joking. Yeah. Um, and I want to wow. wear them with the tongues hanging out like they do just to walk around the field. Now, she says, get Wellingtons. No. no. Puma Kings for that. Or uh, Adidas World Cup, Adidas Mundial. What Cup, was your favourite boots when you were, when you were oh, playing? I, I like the Predator. Yeah, of course. For a yeah. goalkeeper? Yeah. What's the point of them Predators <laughs> for a goalkeeper? You want your balls to like go straight up in the air towards the centre forward. It's because I always not be... swazzing around in the air. I always used to kick the ball out of place, so like the, this, the curve <laughs> on it used to correct it and keep it at the play. Right, where are we? We're doing. Can I, have a uh, quick, can I tell you something about, yeah. about Puma Kings? Yeah. So John Moncur used to wear Puma Kings for West Ham in the mid nineties. My favourite player in ninety four, ninety five. You know, lovely bouncing blonde bob of hair, Johnny Moncur, and he had the Puma Kings with the kind of um, the Flop collar that tongues, flopped yeah. over the tongue that flopped over. So I got a pair. Uh, as a present for uh, Emblem FC back in the mid-90s. Lovely. Very nice. Played for one week, and I thought every time I kicked the ball, uh, it hit the tongue, and it kind of bounced off weird. So after a week of playing with these boots, obviously they're muddy now, we can't take them back. So I took a knife and no. cut off the tongue. What's the point of buying Sacrilege. them? Sacrilege. Well, I know, but like, I, they looked fantastic, but I couldn't kick the ball. And so I had to cut them off. Now, I know we should be c- c- cracking on here, but I remember when Jason Dezel was signed from Ipswich by Spurs. Yeah. Um, and he was supposed to be the next big thing, right? And he had a pair of Puma Kings, but the tongues were even bigger than normal. They seemed to be almost two-thirds of the way down the boot. And Jason was absolutely dog-awful for Spurs. And I was convinced it was because the boots were so flippy-floppy with the tongues and... Not only was he not good at football, he couldn't even find his way out of the centre circle for most of his career at Spurs. <laughs> so have, They must have weared him down. So our, yeah. our hero of the week, then, is the Puma King. Yeah, John Moncur, 1995. <laughs> God bless right. you. One minute each, then, on the villain of the week. Right. There, I will do it that way, OK? Because we're taking so much time. I'll start. Alfredo Morelos scored for Glasgow Rangers in their 2-0 win at Motherwell. Great. He's uh, 21, 22 goals already this season in the Scottish Premier League. Unfortunately... No player in recent memory has been more about himself and not about the team. He'd already been booked. When he scored his goal, he ran behind the goal um, and gave the Motherwell supporters the well-known Italian kind of forearm... Up yours. Yeah, the up yours sign. The referee had no... I was just saying it. What were you talking about? The ref had no hesitation, (laughs) none whatsoever, in showing him a second yellow card and his first red card of the season, which, of course, must be a great relief to Alfredo because he's got to catch up with last year's record of five red cards. The boy is a nuisance. I love him. He is an absolute... He's a really good finisher. He would love that London Stadium. He would love it. it, Yes, I know. But if if he was going to be... If you're listening... They would have bought him by now if he wasn't such a git, wouldn't they? Yeah, that's true. That is true. He's my villain of the week. Who's yours? Well, I've been given all full assurances that he doesn't listen to the show, so I've gone for Big Dunk. <laughs> You're not afraid of Fergus. He's an old man. Uh, he's a big old man. Yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, he decided to bring uh, Moise Keane on. Uh, I think it was, it's, it was 70 minutes. He's about about yeah. yeah, about yeah. 70 minutes. Um, 19-year-old kid. Been through a, lot, a tough time uh, Coming to England, uh, being a bit of talking about not bit, adjusting, it's fair to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but missing, uh, missing home. But might go to it back to Italy in January. Thought he'd give him twenty minutes, last twenty minutes of the game. Nah, he doesn't think he can do that. Uh, brings him off in the 89th minute, and frankly, I can't see why he didn't just 
put an arm around his shoulder trying to explain why, when he came off the pitch. The trouble he just is... just allowed him to just trudge off. They didn't even make eye contact. Imagine Duncan Ferguson, right? Who I can't... I, I, my family's from Scotland and I can't understand a word that he says. Imagine Duncan Ferguson trying to explain to a 19-year-old Italian... What just happened? Like, that conversation is not going to go well for anyone. No one knows what's happening. But, David, you do know that subs being subbed is one... Obviously, it's a horrible thing for professional footballers. Fans love it. Oh, I wish, I wish Carlos Sanchez got subbed after coming on on uh, Saturday. You'd like him to be... Not even to, to... As he's running onto the pitch, say, no, come back now. When he came think, on, uh, he came on and gave the ball away five times in two minutes. And they brought Issa Diop on West Ham. And I was like, just take Sanchez off. Like, it's a mistake. It's a mistake for him to be employed. Take him off. Ever since Ali Dee at Southampton, all fans... <laughs> Love oh, great. the double substitution. You're on, son. No, no, come back in now. Do you know? And it's a bit like um, when you when you go. Well, I don't know. You probably you're about that much younger than me. When I was going to swimming baths, when you were a lad, you still have the the elastic bands you have to put we around don't your even wrist. Have swimming baths anymore? No, what's quite. a swimming bath? You probably have your own private pool. I, I imagine. What's a, yes. what a swimming bath? What, what, well, is that what they would have called a pool, public yeah. pool in yeah. the they Victorian baths. era? They were called baths. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to that they still do that. Oh, good. And then after 25 minutes, they go, green band boys, out. And you'd be trying to hide your band so they wouldn't throw you out. You'd go through another cycle. It's a bit like being substitute after already coming on. Who is... I don't know what's going on anymore. No, you don't have to. Uh, Tom, who's your villain of the week? The green band boys, out. Yeah. Also, green band boys, out. My villain of the week is David Ellery. Uh, famously... Is he still going like Sunderland and mild? Famously, uh, <laughs> supping a pint of mild with the green band boys. Um, out. He works at IFAB. He is the... I think he's the chair, the technical director Is IFAB, of IFAB. A, a food chain? IFAB not only make ice lollies, but also they set the rules for world football. One of the rules they brought in at the start of this season was every single time an attacker handles the ball in any situation, building up to a goal, that is an offence. It's led to travesties like Gareth Bale's brilliant goal for Real Madrid being disallowed against Paris Saint-Germain for brushing his arm accidentally and having no impact on the game. Yesterday, I didn't watch the first half of West Ham. I got home just in time for the second to see Mikel Antonio score West Ham second. It comes off his barrel chest into his path, grazes his arm, but it's going into his path pretty much anyway, and he blasts the ball grazes. past the goalkeeper. Grazes. We've got no time for you both to be wrong. It's going straight into his path, and, they, and I thought, well, he's going to get this now because it hit his arm. It, it, it hitting his arm was a pure accident, and we shouldn't be. And it happens every week. It's not just West Ham this week, but every single week, a good grazes. goal gets disallowed because it grazes someone's arm. Okay. If it hits the hand and goes in, disallowed it. If we keep playing on, then play on. And this is one of those few uh, occasions, Tom. No, no, it's one of the few occasions where I find myself in absolute agreement with you. No. Or to put it another way, I totally disagree. <laughs> um, the, that rule that was brought in um, is fantastic no. because. Because the whole idea of accidental handball, um, particularly for... I mean, I don't want it for defenders, because that is accidental. But attackers, if it hits their arm, it's just causing so much trouble. Did you see Antonio tweeted an image on Instagram of two massive hands uh, and said, it's happened to me twice this season, I don't know what to do, I think I might have to cut my hands off. And that's where we are. He's got arms. That's how you run. I love Mikel Antonio as a player, but he is one of the players who's going to be most affected by it because he is a very uncoordinated runner. The stuff... Players bounce off him, so does the ball. Yeah. It's going to hit his arm and his hand quite often. But if he doesn't do it on purpose, why are we disallowing it? Because that's it hits, the rule now. If it hits the that's arm like rule. Callum Wilson or uh, it was Decore last year and goes straight in, fine, disallow it. But there was more play. There was uh, another touch and he blasted the ball past the goalkeeper. It was an accident. You shouldn't be getting punished for an accident. Is so, your opinion strongly so the, held? The moral of the story is only sign players with small hands. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, we're soon going to see it. We're going to see it forwards. You know the way defenders now, when they're running out to block the ball, put their hands behind their back. Oh, we're going to see forwards running really out the pitch. That, I, I cannot stand that. That is one of my biggest hits in yeah. football. Lucas Neal used to do that all the time. He was one of the first people I ever saw do it. And every single time he did it, he would then, in the next move, have his arms up because he had to move his arms out again and P- give a penalty Players doing it on the halfway line. I know. That's yeah. what's stupid. I mean, I'm a really brilliant defence. Toby Alderweireld all started doing it. I, I think since Mourinho's got there, he's been told, don't be doing that anymore. Yeah. Get out to the ball, my son. Yeah. I mean, because for a start, the running action requires arms. And if you put them behind your back, you're, you're slowing yourself down. And all you need to do is get out to the blinking ball. Yeah. I mean, that was a very, very difficult, and in fact, let's be fair, difficult to listen to section. Um, <laughs> so unless you're interested in, was it Janet Jackson's big hat or mild? Um, I think Janet Jackson wins this. I think I was, I'm, 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 for this, I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm sticking with Alfredo Morelos. I'm happy to hear arguments for your... Just about the Janet Jackson, we're talking like Rhythm Nation sort of uh, time of her career. Yeah, a little after the yeah, Rhythm little Nation, yes. Did she have yeah. another time in her career? Oh, she's she's still times, going, Janet she? Jackson. Yeah, I'm sure she is. Oh, I mean, wow. What do you mean? Breathing. Yeah, I thought ever since the end of the Soviet Union, she would have had to get a new career. Ever since she stopped being submarine commander, Jackson. You know, you Jackson. can buy those Soviet submarines, the ones that the Kiev class, that ones that kept sinking. You can buy those now for about forty grand from the Jackson family. No, no, no. The Jacksons don't have the Soviet, the current Russian, whatever the state is called these days. Um, when they, they, they're so, London, they call it, they're so they? busy um, doping up their athletes, they haven't got time for a navy. <laughs> so you can buy one of those subs to live in for about forty grand. Who is your villain? Who are going to go for your villain weekly? We still got Duncan Ferguson. What he did to Moyes, Moyes, the handball rule, or Alfredo Morelos. Alfredo Morelos, I think, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Big Dunk. So you've actually caved on your own argument and supported someone else. Well done, Jeremy. (laughs) Morelos is the red card for the red card king. Here's a lovely pass from Lise Pukki, who's clear to Inchu. Inside the box, and Timu Pukki has steered in! The Pukki party is back up and running at the King Power! It seems like he has a fracture in his, in his toe, but he wants to go further on. If I'm honest, I'm pretty sure if he would be at his top fitness level, he would have converted one of his chances in the second half to, to score a second goal. Oh my word, an audacious back heel by Salah from a tight angle to make it 2-0. What an unbelievable Mohamed Salah goal. Now, we'll try not to get to as distracted as we did in the last section there. Um, although, the you can also listen to, after a couple of days after this podcast comes out, we have a, a, a baby brother or baby sister uh, called The Appendix, where all that stuff normally gets put into. Um, but uh, today, some of it's escaped. But don't forget to download The Appendix as well, from exactly the same sources as brought you to this wonderful programme. I'm Danny Kelly, still with me, David Priest and Tom Rennie. The last section is our Hero of the Week. Who should go first this time? Um... I think, Tom, you'll go first. My hero of the week is the Norwich City striker, Temu Puki. Not only did he score a fantastic goal against Leicester City in one of the performances of the weekend, but also he played the second half with a broken toe. And if you've seen Temu Puki play football, isn't the kind of guy you can just leave up front, Aubameyang style, wandering around, meandering, not interested, picking up your paycheck. No, he works until the hair has literally fallen off of his head. And that is one of the key reasons that Norwich is still in this, despite having maybe the worst Premier League squad of all time, because they have the mentality of people like Temu Puki, who actually is a fantastic Hang footballer Hang on, they're, as well. they're worse than Bournemouth. They haven't got one player worthy of being in the Premier League. I would say, apart from Temu 
Mupuki and Cantwell, there is no player at Norwich who should be in the Premier League. Buendia, Pre- potentially. But we saw that a broken toe, we saw with David Hay in that fight, a broken toe can destroy a man. Well, the amazing, <laughs> the amazing thing is this led me down a little blind alley of searching for players who have been injured during matches but played on. Uh, most famously, goalkeeper Bert Troutman. Uh, who broke his neck in a game between Manchester City and Birmingham. It was the FA Cup Cup final final, in 1956. Visibly crocked during the game when he picked up his winner's medal. Um, Troutman had, in fact, broken his neck during the game. The doctor, after the game, said to him, I can't believe you played on. You should be dead. Don't forget he had been a paratrooper. Yes. With, the, with the Nazi forces, so he was tough stuff. During It's well worth Googling this story. Uh, there's a great line about when he was captured uh, as a German soldier during the war, um, hello Fritz, fancy a cup of tea, was the line given to him by the uh, the, the allied soldier uh, that captured him. One of the fantastic. great goalkeepers of the post-war era and, and an absolute hero around the, the area Absolutely. of Manchester and all the rest of it. Play with a broken neck and yeah. still won the cup final. I mean, final. Timo Pukki's broken toe seems mo- small stuff by comparison. But it is worth mentioning that I was once at a game where, again, Stuart Pearce gets two mentions from me on this programme. Yeah. Uh, he broke his leg in a game against Watford, which I was at, and he tried to run it off. Yeah, sure he it literally would, yeah. Ch- he, he, got, he walked off the field and everyone's like, it doesn't look great here, like his leg's got a bit floppy, but it'll be fine. He then came back on and tried to play for a little bit and it turned out he'd broken his leg and he was out for nine months. He is marvellous, Incredible. And I mean, I've I've spoken to him about always wearing gear supplied to him by previous football clubs because, as you know, he is also a monstrous fan of punk rock. Yeah, and has seen the Stranglers three hundred times. Three hundred times too many, some would say. Three hundred times, and I said, so. Do you buy a shirt like or people do a T-shirt every time you go to the gig? He makes someone he says, give him a shirt. Says, no, they give them to me. Exactly. Of course that. they do. So he should be wearing his strangler shirt. If Piercy walks past the ear, he gets my jumper. He wouldn't want it, but he gets it. I mean, look, Timmy Pukey, Pukey, um, very good. Broken toe, carried on. Broke his toe and didn't even Pukey. Bruce Grobbler, um, who I've interviewed at length for the My Sporting Life program back in the day, a remarkable man in every possible way, has now added. Um, and yet another feather to the un- unbelievable headdress of awards that he, that he has, um, footballing and otherwise. He says that he is the reason for Liverpool's, let's be fair, it's almost supernatural run of form now. Um, two points dropped and we're heading for Christmas, full steam ahead. Amazing. And can add that to what they did last season. He thinks that there was a curse on the club. Um, and that's why they couldn't win the Premier League. So in, in order to alleviate, um, some would say, exercise this curse, he's done what um, I would say hasn't been done since, what was the Peterborough? Barry Fry. Mm-hmm. Um, he, when he's manager of Birmingham, yeah, tried to raise right, yeah. their curse. You remember what he yeah. did? What did, what he, did he do? Yeah, uh, urinated in all four corners of the pitch. Is that right? Yeah. Barry Fry yeah. was such a bad football coach, he thought the best way forward for this team, he went and pissed on all four of the corner flags. Someone said you're in trouble and they took it literally. <laughs> now, Bruce Grobler has revealed that he's done a similar thing at ha- on the hallowed turf and did the goalposts of Anfield. And that is the reason, according to Bruce, he of the wobbly legs in the Champions League final, is the reason why Liverpool, nothing to do with all those fantastic players and that hugely brilliant manager who's just signed a new contract and all the rest of it, it's down to him weeing on the goalposts. I mean, I heard of utilising your number one, but this is ridiculous, <laughs> eh? <laughs> um, would it bother you if the if the goal area had been so- soiled in such a way? I mean, I've... 
No. So, so where, uh, where have you weed in public, David? Where have you weed to lift a curse? But you know what? There's one thing I wouldn't do, and that would take the mickey out of people who believed in that. Because I know that uh, I play with a lot of uh, sort of uh, African players mm-hmm. who t- tell stories about um, guys being arrested for like uh, for attacking people, and then they they put them in the cell for the night, and they come back, and someone's someone's been during the night, put a, cast a spell on them or whatever, what? and turn them into goats. Now, the, the, when I was in depth, sorry, was, did you say goats or goat? ghosts? Yeah, no, no goats. he said goats. Like they're the greatest of all time now. These players. They still, uh, one minute over I swear, I swear to God, uh, when I was in there, it's eleven Lionel Messi's. When, when I was in Auden, so I played with uh, Eric Jemba Jemba. Yeah, uh, so United. good the name been twice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, and we had uh, four, or five African players, and one of the guys was pointing out this this story about uh, I think somebody being done for, or he'd attacked a woman or something, and he'd been put in jail, and then. When they got there next month, there was just a, a goat in the, uh, in the jail cell, and like we all started laughing and taking the Mickey out of them, and then it was like deadly serious. Yeah, they would, absolutely. They, you know, they wouldn't want anybody laughing at it. And this is why football is so brilliant. Since the since we all started, you know, you and I are coaching Sweden. Yeah. Players come from all over the world. Our players are starting to be exported. This culture clash thing, and we must all respect other people's cultures. Um, always comes about because speaking of goats. He played for both West Ham and Spurs. Les Ferdinand, get him going on on his short, ill-fated spell in Turkey. Now, Les is a big, strong man, yes, mm. but he's surprisingly sensitive. And his... I can't remember which club. Please look it up for me. Um, it might have been Fenerbahce that he... Besiktas, I think. Besiktas, thank you. And he said he went to the very first game he played... Um, he's running out and doing his stretches and all the rest of it, pulling the old quads and all that. And at the side of the pitch, they were slaughtering a goat. This is where the goats brought... They were slaughtering a goat because that is their traditional pre-match good luck uh, uh, um, ceremony. Well, Les, Les was thinking about leaving the club before they kicked off his first game. Oh, yeah, no, seriously. He very, very upset by it and didn't stay there very that long That would afterwards. be upsetting. I, I don't think I'd be able to play on having seen a goat get slaughtered pre-game. That's re- I actually feel quite... Did, like, unsettled by that. But that's a true More story. More than if I saw one in a cell when a man was there moments ago. Yeah. I think the slaughter would be worse. Um, next time you would see... Would you rather the, see a mythical goat or a dead goat? Tweet it now. Uh, well... well uh, as someone who's eaten Today's goat curry bowl. on more than one occasion, they, <laughs> them, them boys are delicious, you know. I'm not saying you should be slaughtering them on the side of football pitches, but them boys is tasty. That's all I'm saying. Um, I think the hero of the week, although brilliant though, both all those stories were about ghosts, goats, grubbler, Pookie's toe. I think the winner's already known to us because... David is about to tell us, as part of the goalkeepers' union, a fabulous tale. Yeah, there's only one winner for the hero of the week, and uh, it goes back to I'm, I'm assuming that this was Watford's home game against Crystal Palace last week. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, there's a an 80 year old man. He, he's been a Watford fan for 60 years, just suffering the onset of, uh, of dementia, and uh, he goes still goes to the games by himself, leaves the game. Goes to his car. His car's got a flat battery. Oh. Uh, he's obviously not of sound mind at the sure. time, and uh, he decides that the ten-mile walk home is a one that you make. So he does it, and part of it is walking alongside a, a dual carriageway. And as it happens, he falls down a ditch. Well, it must be dark as well yeah, by this time. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it, it's dark. It's cold, and fortunately for him, uh, somebody saw that he was tottering along the road. Maybe he's looking a little bit uh, yeah. disorientated. Turned the car around, pulled up alongside him to make sure he's all right. It was Ben Foster, his wife, and his fa- and his and they mother find and the father. man in the ditch. Yeah, well, they they saw him uh, d- further back down the yeah, road. Weaving. Thought, uh, it, it didn't look right. It was right. a dual carriage. We had no path. 
looks a bit, you know, he must have broken down or something. Mm. And when they go back, they find him lying in the ditch. <gasps> uh, he's fallen there. And what they do is they, they put him back in the car, in, in, in their car, take him home, dust him off, wash him down, and then uh, give him some food. And Lovely. And then on top of that, they've made him the offer of uh, Christmas uh, dinner at their place on Christmas Day. Wow. And a season ticket for the rest of the season. Oh, that is remarkable. Now, Tom, you can turn almost anything into flippancy. Surely you're not going to come back at this. Apart from the Watford season ticket, it seems like a lovely, <laughs> lovely thing to do. Yeah, you think that that's destroyed it, has it? That's, it's over now. He must have said something terrible at dinner. I mean, I don't know Ben Foster from Adam. I don't know if you've met him. In your... Yeah, he's, he's, he's a great bloke. And he's, uh, the one thing I've always noticed about him is, is when he talks about football, he's not that interested in football to be honest mm. with you he's not a typical not footballer. like you well exactly yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's got far more other interests he's a well that's character. possibly reflected in the fact that he went back yeah. to look for somebody who just looked like he might be in a bit of trouble um, and I love these stories where footballers intersect with real life because you know it, this is a cliche but I'm not afraid of cliches we, all we ever read about is them doing terrible things yeah. getting tattoos on the end of their nose and all that sort of thing I'm glad and you suddenly... said nose there Yes, I, 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 you probably know much more intimate tattoos in the football fraternity. And put your tattoo away. Has he got? Oh, he's got it out again. Yeah. You're not on this side of the desk, are you? That's the thing. And no, you're lucky. You're I'm sorry, unlucky. Yeah. He's oh, well. actually looking at it now. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the worst thing about it. You've got it out, mate. <laughs> I don't think. I, I mean, I think it would be almost sacrilegious to to try and have a discussion about this here. I know yeah. that's the part of the purpose is arguing on this program, but I think that was a great story, beautifully told, David yeah. and Ben Foster rescuer of a, a man in distress. Nothing stronger than that is our Hero of the Week here on the Game Day podcast, the Game Day record book podcast indeed, where you've been listening to me, Danny Kelly, Tom Rennie, argumentative and regular, and David Priest, who I love working with, um, and these days is the coach of Ostersons. David, we'll end the show the way you wouldn't want us to, because what else would you expect from this show? Give us 60 seconds on the state of Sunderland Football Club. <laughs> Thanks very much, David. That was just brilliant. See you next week. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.